test. Test, test. Check, check. Test. Well, hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it is still Christmas. I mean, in spite of what everyone else is doing, taking down decorations and changing things up in the stores and everything, it's still Christmas season. Until January 6th, we're celebrating Christmas. So here we go. Merry Christmas. Glad to have you. Um, my name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. So if you're a guest with us, worshiping online, we're glad that you're here today with us. Uh, we are going to be celebrating Holy Communion a little bit later. So what we believe about Communion is we are very much in need of God's grace because we are sinners and God offers us that grace, not just in the, in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also he gives that to us, gives us grace through the forgiveness of sins as he gives us the very body and blood of Christ in the bread and the wine. We call that real presence. And uh, if that is your faith as well, then we'll invite you to join us for the Lord's Supper a little bit later. Uh, just a note too that Sunday evening we have uh, New Year's Eve worship service at our Faith Ministry Center. That's at 6.30. That'll be at our Faith Ministry Center and online. So if you would like to join us for our New Year's Eve worship, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. That's the announcements I have. I'm going to hand it over to the band. Let's worship. Let's stand.
star burns in the darkness shines with the promise Emmanuel one child born in the stillness living within us Emmanuel we're singing Almighty God, we come to you and repent for things done and things left undone. We are sorry for ignoring your truth, for becoming distracted with the things of this world and giving in to temptation. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For fixating on the things of this world and losing sight of your eternal kingdom, forgive us, renew us, and lead us for pursuing earthly power and influence over others instead of submitting to your will and following the Holy Spirit. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us for allowing our fears and anxieties to undermine our trust in you. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us for overlooking your extravagant love for us and letting the approval and acceptance of others motivate our decisions and self-worth. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. God does bring forgiveness in his son, Jesus. You're saying a song, let there be peace and let it begin in us, but really peace begins with God, right? Peace starts with him and he gives that to us in Christ where we would be otherwise 
uh, not at peace and at war with God because of our sinfulness, God comes in Christ to forgive, to love, to set us free from guilt and all that he does because of his amazing, amazing love. And he gives us peace and reconciliation with God so we can live our lives no longer in fear, but in peace with others, in love toward others. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce God's amazing grace to you again, to assure you that you are forgiven in Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please have a seat as we continue with our song.
Our first scripture reading today is from the New Testament book of Galatians, chapter 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. For the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear from Luke chapter 2. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is the gospel of our Lord. And now we join together in speaking the truth of our faith as it's summarized in the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, again, Merry Christmas, everybody. It is, as I said earlier, still the... Christmas season all the way through January 6th, although in the stores you're starting to see a 
pretty significant change. I was in one store the day after Christmas, and the, um, one of the employees there made it very clear that he was glad they had switched over the music because since before Thanksgiving, they had been playing Christmas music on a constant loop, and he was done. He was ready for something much greater variety. Um, well, this weekend, and more significantly, uh, the gospel reading of this weekend presents a, a shift. And more than just, you know, Christmas decorations going away and now Valentine's decorations and Valentine's candies all coming out in the stores, you know, much bigger than that shift, there is a shift that is taking place, a transition. More than the, from Christmas to the rest of winter, more than, okay, putting decorations away and getting furniture back to normal, more than going from 2023 to 2024, more than Christmas break back to the routine of school, sorry to say for those who are going back to school this next week. In our reading from Luke 2, there's an important transition in God's work of salvation. So earlier in Luke, Luke 2 is a very familiar passage. We hear it every Christmas. We probably know, uh, you know, even watching Peanuts Christmas special or something, you know, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree and the time for the baby to be born came and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And then the shepherds, right, and the angels declaring glory to God in the highest, right? Very familiar, very familiar story. Now, to be clear, the, the moment of the incarnation is a crucial turning point in history. We actually mark all of time with this change from B.C. to A.D. The very coming of Jesus is a change that happens. God is doing a new thing. Hebrews chapter 1, very beginning of Hebrews, says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. God is, something, God is doing something new. It's a big, big deal. But then we get this less familiar, often neglected second half of Luke 2. We get Simeon and Anna in the temple courts of Jerusalem, and they recognize this child as something very, very special. And we get uh, in this story, actually, something that connects all of what happened with Jesus to you. So even, even the Christmas story and many other parts of Jesus' life and ministry as it unfolds, there's a, a certain Jewishness about the story. Luke 1, Mary visits her, uh, her cousin Elizabeth, whose husband Zechariah is a priest a Jewish priest who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Elizabeth herself is a descendant of Aaron, the very first high priest of the Jews. Right? This has a very, very Jewish flavor to the whole story. Bethlehem, though small, is key in the history of Israel because it's the birthplace of David, Israel's king. Matthew chapter one, the name that is to be given to Jesus that the angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife and to name this son to be born Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. Now, Yahweh is the name of the Jews' God, right? So this is a, the Jewish scriptures are being fulfilled in this. In Luke chapter two, angel appears to the shepherds and tells him to go to the city of David, the town of David, because there is the Messiah, the Lord. All this is just very, very Jewish. So it's, it's announced in, in, it's an announcement in Jewish land to Jewish people about a Jewish Messiah, okay? Get it? And maybe I'm belaboring the point a little bit, but you know, labor, uh, later in the, the whole story as Jesus' ministry unfolds, then we're even told that Jesus is, sent to the lost sheep of Israel. In Luke chapter 22, when Jesus celebrates the Last Supper, what is he doing? He's celebrating the Jewish Passover. 
And shortly after, when Jesus was arrested, it was the Jewish temple guard who arrested him and brought him before the Jewish leaders where he was accused. Here's the whole point. The whole birth, life, ministry, death of Jesus is very Jewish. And if you aren't Jewish, then you can feel very left out of this story. If you're not among the, those who have Jewish ancestry, been informed and taught and schooled in the ways of Jewish faith, you can easily feel that this story of Christmas, even though it's very familiar to us, you step back from it, you realize that this is, this is a, for a very particular people, the Jewish people. But then there's this transition that happens. If we really get the full story of Christmas and with the second half of Luke chapter two, with Simeon and Anna, realize that this is actually a story that's not just for the Jewish people. He actually has made this story for everyone. Now, granted, it's gonna belabor the point even more. Luke chapter two, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, right here's, again, right in the, the heart of, this, this is a Jewish story. This is required by the law of Moses. They're in Jerusalem to present, to, to present him to the Lord as it's written in the law of the Lord and offering the sacrifices that are in keeping with the law of the Lord. But then there's this devout man, Simeon. He's a Jew himself. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he says, as he takes the child Jesus in his arms, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And here's, this is what I'm getting at. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Now, Gentile is the way the Bible talks about everybody else that's not Jewish. So there's Israel, the Jewish people, and then there's everybody else, and they're just called the nations. We translate that as the Gentiles, but in the original language of the Old Testament and New Testament, both, it's just literally the nations. Everybody else outside of of Israel. And Simeon is in this moment, right, right in the shadow of Christmas, saying, this is not just a Jewish story. This is a light of revelation to all nations everywhere. It's already at Christmas. When the Messiah is born in a Jewish context, God has in mind not just one nation, not just one small people, but he has in mind everyone, all people. And this actually previews what Jesus will say at the other end of his life on earth, that is after the resurrection when he sends out his disciples and he says, go and make disciples of what? All nations, all people. This is now, see, see the pivot? It's not just a Jewish story. It is a story for all nations, all people. So what we hear from Simeon is reminding us that even if you don't have Jewish blood in you, even if you are not initiated in the ways and the laws and the customs of Israel, God has sent his son for you also. Of course, this actually represents a transition that is really God had this in mind all along. It really is. I said it's a transition, but it's really nothing new. God has always had a desire. Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And the establishing of Israel itself, when God had called his servant Abraham, he said, I'm gonna make you into a great nation and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The whole idea was that Israel would be a blessing to everybody, to all nations. 
when they came out of the Exodus, remember the story of they were in slavery in Egypt, Pharaoh, 10 plagues, right? God calls them out of that slavery into a new place. And he says to them, to the people of Israel, you are going to be for me a priestly kingdom, a holy nation. Now, if an individual priest is one that represents God to the people, what is the whole nation that is called to be a priestly nation going to do? They're gonna represent God to all the world. One nation as a representative to the whole, the whole world. That's what God's intent was for Israel. It's always God's plan through Israel to bring the Savior of all. And that's what we're celebrating. Now, and when the, the coming of the Messiah, right? God was, this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. God was reconciling what? The world to himself. Not just, not just the Israelites, not just the Jews, but all people. So we, we bask in the light of Christmas as joy of the world still echoes in our, in our hearts, in our ears. We recognize that this amazing good news, the savior of the world is, yeah, he's born in the city of David, but he's our savior, all Right, the Lord of all, he came for us, chosen us, died for us. Our eyes have seen the salvation which he has brought in the light of all nations, all peoples. So seasons change, right? Decorations are gonna change in your house. Decorations are changing in the stores. But this truth is yours forever. Christ is born for you, for all the world but this truth is also not gonna change. Um, most of you have picked up on the fact that we're celebrating an anniversary this year at Faith. February 13th is the 75th birthday of Faith Lutheran Church. So for 75 years, we have had as a mission to know Christ and to make Christ known. That's how we articulate our vision, our mission as a church. The whole reason we exist, that we would know Christ and make him known. That's an important second piece, isn't it? Not just that we would know him, but we make him known everywhere. This is not just a savior that God has given to us. He's given this as a savior for given Jesus as a savior for the world, for all people. I think you understand that there are a lot of people who live in our community who do not gather for worship. They don't even know what that means to gather for worship. There are thousands in our community in places where you work, live, go to school, uh, eat out, work out. They don't know what it means to confess their sins to God and find forgiveness. They don't know what a gospel is or a creed or that they don't know, right? They don't know what it means to pray or that Christmas is more than gifts under the tree and Santa Claus. Thousands around us all the time in our neighborhoods who cannot imagine a creator God who loves them and has given himself to them to die, to forgive to give them life and salvation. And God has given us the work of sharing that news. So if there's, a, if there's anything that we're going to resolve as we move into the next, the, into the new year, 2024, anybody make a resolution? I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna exercise more, I'm gonna sleep better, I'm gonna treat people better, uh, whatever, you know, if, if there's anything we resolve for this next year, maybe more important than anything else is that we resolve to make Christ known to our neighbors, to our family members, to our friends, to our coworkers, in every way that God gives us an opportunity. Peter talks about this. He picks up on the exact idea that God had said to Israel, you will be for me a priestly kingdom, 
holy nation. Peter picks up in this, 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, you, church, you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God's given us great news, a savior born for us to rescue us from death and sin. We had life eternal. and He's given us that to share everywhere, to know Christ and to make him known. So you ready to resolve that? Here's what I want you to do. Um, maybe it's on your way home. Maybe it's as you're pausing for a second to give thanks for the meal that you're about to eat after worship today. Uh, maybe it's right before you go to bed. I, I want you to just pause and I want you to think about the people you know who are in need of this news, this good news of salvation in Jesus. And first of all, I want you to just, just take the time to pray for them, even if it's silently. You can do it together with your family, but you could do it silently. For those you know, they need to know Jesus. Pray for them. That God would open doors for you to share that love and the good news with them. Um, honestly, openly, courageously, lovingly. And, uh, and, then, and then watch. Over the next weeks, months, watch for God to answer that prayer. Opportunities for him to you know, put people in your path that are in need of that, that good news. They have a creator God in heaven who gave his son for them, a light of revelation to all nations. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you to pray with me as we uh, invite the band up to lead us in our next song as we prepare for our offering and bring that to the Lord. Just pray with me. Father, you have a desire that all people would come to a knowledge of the truth and would be saved from the darkness of this world. And you have given your son, Jesus, that we might know, that we might have faith and trust in this salvation. And you've put people in our lives, our friends, family members, coworkers, people in our neighborhoods and where we go out to eat and work out, where we go to school, You've given us people in our path that don't know you, don't know this good news. And I pray that you would prepare us, use us as your instruments of blessing, that we would bring uh, love and grace and our conversations would be gentle and loving and kind so that people would see Christ in us and want to know, what is this, Lord? What is this that is so different about your people that people want to know how we have peace and how we have love and grace and willingness to forgive? God, give us the courage and the willingness to share in every opportunity you give. In the name of Jesus, we pray it.
invite you to stand as we join together in prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we pause in our worship to bring our requests, our prayers, our, our petitions for those who are hurting, those who are rejoicing, those who are grieving, those who are celebrating. We lift up our, our prayers to you and we trust that you hear us for Christ's sake. And we pray that you would answer our prayers, not because we deserve it, but because Christ has given us his beauty and perfection and holiness. And on his behalf, Lord, you answer, not always as we wish, but certainly as is best and good. And we pray for those who are, who are injured and sick. We pray for our brother in the faith, Armin Barth, after a, after a bad fall this week. Lord, we, we know that his time here on earth is drawing short. We pray that you would keep him strong in faith, his family strong in faith. As they wait for that day when when you call him to his rest in heaven. We also pray, Lord, for Jerry Marole and, and others who have ongoing health concerns, including those we name before you. We pray also for our sister in the faith, Sandy Wyland, who is going to be having hip surgery this next week. Praying for healing and restoration. Pray that you would guide the physicians and all who are attending her. That you would keep her in body, but especially in faith, trusting in you in her time of recovery. Lord, we also lift up to you those who are grieving today. We know that there are those worshiping with us right now who are, who are very new to this grief. And they're, the news of a loss of a loved one is, is, uh, is very fresh. We pray, Lord, for Ray Powell, the sudden passing of his sister, Melinda. We pray for Betty Hutchinson, passing of her brother, Arthur. And we pray for Shirley Shorey, for Julie Hahnemann and their family, the passing of Shirley's husband, Julie's father, Harland. God, we pray for your comfort and peace. We pray that you would sustain all those who are here left behind in grieving, trusting that you have called their loved ones to your presence and invited them to lay down their troubles and rest with you and awaiting that final resurrection when we'll see you face to face, look in the eyes of our loved ones once again and, and rejoice together at all your goodness and love salvation you have brought to us through Christ from all of our worries and fears and from death itself. Lord, as we prepare our hearts to come to your table of mercy once again, we pray that you would work in us that saving faith that turns in repentance away from all the all the brokenness and shame and turns back to you and your ways and your grace. And that faith that takes hold of the promises which you have here, most especially the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of our life eternal with you. All these prayers we lift up to you, Lord, and we trust that you hear us for Christ's sake. 
And now we join together as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite you now to turn to one another and share God's peace with one another. Greet one another in the Lord. Tell it on the mountain The one that we've been waiting for The king of our salvation Born on this day our savior Christ the Lord Go tell it on the
May this body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith. Know that you're forgiven. Go in joy and peace. Amen. Please stand. Now, Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and